For tuning in to the 355th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, as always. Whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via, being recorded from Buffalo, New York, per usual. Gonna have Ben Karen host the Sports Crawler Podcast on to preview week 10 of NFL action and week 11 of college football action. We'll also dive into the college football playoff committee rankings, some other college football news, notes, nuggets, and stories, and the same with the NFL. Cam Newton back to the Panthers. Odell Beckham to the Rams. A lot to discuss with Ben Karen. Now, before we get to that, I'm going to do this. going to get my shameless plug. Check on the description below for the timestamps, specifically on Spotify. You can click to it and it will go right to that part of the show. I do it for your convenience. Now, first time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., uh, etc. Et subscribe to my YouTube channel, Daryl Lane. Uh, I post three to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. And follow me on Twitter, at NightTrain underscore Lane. I'll say it again, at NightTrain underscore Lane. And lastly, if you have Apple or if you have iTunes, then... Give me five stars and a great review for some odd reason, right? If you don't like the podcast, then fret not. Worry not. It's A-OK. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Ben Karen on, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast. Coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With the Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast and Facebook group master, Bengals fan, Texas and Aggies fan, Seattle Seahawks fan, Ohio State fan, Irvin Meyer fan, Buffalo Bills hater, uh, school psychologist. He's a husband, he's a dad, he's a son. I assume he might be an uncle. He's a cousin. He's a friend. Ben Karen, how you doing? I'm doing well tonight, Daryl. It's good to hear from you. We have all of your many hats in order. Is, is there anything we're missing? Oh, I forgot you're a doctor, too. You got them all, Daryl. So, Ben, let's start with this a little bit. Thursday Night Football, pretty abysmal performance for Lamar in the passing game. Just give us your thoughts on that. Well, my thoughts on it are I feel like the Ravens got exposed a little bit tonight as far as some of their offensive weaponry goes. Um, They don't really, to me, Daryl, seem to have a number one wide receiver right now. Um, And I think that that 
hurts them tremendously. I was expecting, honestly, they would be one of the teams that would have uh, some level of interest in uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and also, I'll say this, just um, commentating here about Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar obviously has my respect, Daryl, but this is going to continue to be a critique people are going to have of Lamar is he does just tend to have some of these games, Daryl, where he is kind of a no-show. Uh, passer rating tonight is 73.6. Um, not very good, Daryl. No, I agree. I think the pass... The, see, Ben, the passing game is never going to be perfect for Lamar. Uh, I think that's just who he is. Uh, no matter how hard he works, I think there are some limitations there. And I think he has improved a lot as a passer. But I don't I think. Th- certainly improved too as a passer, but I he's just not consistent. That that's the problem. That's true, and I don't know how consistent he's always going to be. I think sometimes it might always be hit or miss. Like he, I don't think he's ever going to be. And I think every guy in the NFL though is inconsistent to an extent. Like to me, really, the only guys who don't really have bad games are uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. To me. These guys who really don't have like really really bad games a lot. Those are really the only two guys. After that, you can find a lot of guys who have bad games. And and, and that's true, Daryl. But I guess for me, I just I think Lamar's floor is lower than some of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him, especially as he ages and maybe becomes a little bit less athletic too. I think he can still throw a football, but. I, I think the uh, the longer that Tyler Huntley is around in that locker room, Daryl, uh, the pressure is going to start to mount on Lamar. I know that there are a lot of uh, Tyler Huntley doubters out there, um, you being one of them. But I'm going to say, you know, let's let the preseason performances by him speak for themselves. <laughs> Remember when Ryan Mallett used to have good preseason performances for the Patriots? Yeah, but Ryan Mallett wasn't playing like Tyler Huntley played in college, Daryl. I mean, Ryan Mallett. I mean, hey, people called him Ryan Mallett, the king of the South when he was at Arkansas, Ben. You have to remember those days. You were in college in those days. I think I may have come come along right at the right at the end of uh, his career in Arkansas. Um, and I just, I, I think Huntley is, is quite a bit better than Ryan Mallett. But, you know, hey, that's just my opinion. Maybe not in arm strength, but in a lot of the intangibles. And Ben Karen loves the intangibles. So I want to go to the Miami Dolphins side really quickly. Actually, also, this about the Ravens, lastly. Uh, you mentioned that they kind of got exposed a little bit. Even not Lamar, just the whole offense got exposed. In the AFC now, we're looking at the Bills. Not a great performance against the, against the Jaguars. The Titans, even though they beat the Rams, I think people are still not very sold on the Rams. You go to the Bengals, they got blown out by the Browns. The Browns, they've been kind of a mess all year. Who is the team in the AFC? Mm, That's a good question. Um, Right now, I I think the the team in the AFC would would have to be the Titans, Daryl. You know, enough is enough. We, We saw them beat Buffalo. We saw them beat, you know, the Rams this weekend. We've seen them just rip apart the Kansas City Chiefs. Tennessee is playing at a very high level right now. Um, 
continue to kind of win um, the, the line of scrimmage. Very physical. Um, they've, they've got Ryan Tannehill um, serviceable so that he's not giving games away. And they've managed to put some good weapons around him with guys like A.J. Brown, guys like Julio Jones, brought Adrian Peterson in. So, you know, I like what Tennessee's doing here, and I really, truly think that Mike Vrabel doesn't get the credit he deserves as their head coach. Yeah, I think the team definitely takes on the personality of their head coach, Mike Vrabel. Vrabel, he is a great coach. I definitely agree with you there. So now I want to go to this to Dolphins. So, Ben, a flashpoint moment happened today. Tua Tagovailoa was hurt. He missed the game, and they decided to have him go, but as the backup. Now, Ben, you want to know who this exact same thing happened to, Ben? Who, Daryl? Jared Goff in the playoff game, the John Wolford game. When everybody's like, oh, Jared Goff is good enough to practice. He's good enough to suit up, but he's not good enough to start. And then we see Jared Goff get traded for Matthew Stafford. I think that was the end of Tua in Miami. I don't believe Tua's coming back after that. Yeah, well, and, and I would agree with you. I'm not sure that the moment you're talking about is the flashpoint moment in my mind. Um, but just all this stuff, Daryl, it, it's all pointing to the pointing in, in one direction here. Uh, the fact, I think, that Miami did not name him a captain this year. Well, other guys, including guys like Zach Wilson, were getting nominated to be captains on their team. I think that's just kind of a um, another indicator uh, that the Dolphins and the locker room uh, are not sold on Tua as a quarterback. But I do hope that Tua goes somewhere where he's going to at least get a chance um, because I really I don't like the way Miami has handled him at all. Um, and I don't know if I can honestly sit here right now and tell you that I think he's been given a fair chance. I mean, well, well, Ben, I will tell you this. Josh Rosen didn't get a fair chance. Yeah, well, and, and that might that might be, Daryl. Um, I mean, he only got one year starting for a really bad team. I mean, I, and I don't even think it was a full year starting. Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, I keep reminding you, too, during that year, uh, he took that really bad team and they went up to Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers. That is true. They still didn't give him another chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 want, I just want to see a team that's willing to, uh, to buy into two and give him an opportunity. Um, obviously wish well on Josh Rosen, even though it didn't work out in the NFL. Um, I'm hoping that he may be out there right now designing some hot tubs, potentially. Was that a Ben Cam- another Another passion of his, right, when he's in college? At UCLA. Oh, Ben, did you, you definitely saw the photos then. I know it's exactly what... I, I definitely saw the photos. <laughs> did you have concerns about that? <laughs> is that what you want from a franchise quarterback? Like, could you see Tom Brady doing that with Giselle? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, look, man, I didn't have any concerns about it. I watched Tom Brady throw the Lombardi Trophy from one boat to another, man. I mean... Why it was hammered? You guys gotta have fun once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that is the move. He did have that, the hot tub thing. If and For anybody who doesn't know, they should look up Josh Rosen hot tub. They'll, you'll probably find that first thing on your Google searches. So with that, I think the whole thing with 2 and 2 is, uh, I think it hurts in the organization with him because 
there's the Herbert thing that's going over their head. There was a lot of debate in that Miami room on draft night. Herbert or Tua? Herbert or Tua? They went with Tua. And Ben, whether you people like Herbert or not, I know you're not the biggest fan of Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has, without a doubt, been much better than Tua. Uh, without a doubt. Well, so, I think the organization he went to has also treated him a lot better. No, I mean, that's fair, but I think also objectively he's just played better. Well, yeah, and I mean, that, that could be too. Uh, with Herbert, <clears throat> uh, we're not... Um, we're not looking at the same kind of injury history uh, and all those different factors as well. Uh, but if I'm the Miami Dolphins, you know, I've got to start being careful here. It's been a long time since they've had any success at the quarterback position, Daryl. You can go all the way back to when Dan Marino retired. They're still looking for the next guy. Uh, That's going to be a long-term solution for them. Uh, and right now, their recent track record is, hey, we're not going to give new guys much of a chance. You're seeing that with Tua right now, as you alluded to. We saw it with um, Josh Rosen as well in the not-so-recent past. And we also saw with Ryan Tannehill, they looked pretty bad every year as their quarterback. Uh, And while you know I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill fan, uh, since he has been in Tennessee, he has at least been serviceable. I think he's been very above average. I I think part of that's through coaching. I think, you know, different systems, different strokes for different folks. I mean... Uh, Tannehill is, is better than he was in Miami. I, I just also think people in the Miami brass, they're looking at Herbert and they're like, we should have got that guy, we should have got that guy, which I think is in turn hurting Tua, making them lose faith uh, in Tua. And I think it's possible that not a lot of guys wanted Tua. I mean, there was heavy debate between Tua and Herbert, and it was probably 50-50 or maybe 51-49, and now that it's not working out with Tua, a lot of guys are being like, hey, I told you, I told you, I told you. Well, they've got to get this figured out, though, Daryl. And, I mean, if, if, if I'm Miami, I think what I would do is I would just stick with him. You know, I'd stick with him. I'd give him this year and probably next. And if it's not working out, you know, you cut bait with him before you have to pay him a lot of money. And we know that this upcoming draft class is not quarterback heavy anyways. And Miami's probably not going to um, – be up there far enough to get any kind of elite quarterback prospect that might be out there. I'm looking out there right now, though, and I do not think uh, Sam Howell is more the answer than Tua Tagovailoa. So these guys are going to have some decisions to make. Maybe they choose to just try to like jump into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes that I believe is coming up. So now I want to get to this. The L.A. Rams get Odell Beckham. Ben, how big of a move do you think that's going to be? I don't think it's a big move for the Rams, personally, Daryl. I think the Rams were already equipped uh, to be very successful (laughs) prior to getting Odell Beckham Jr. I think it helps them a little bit, but we all know their go-to guy is going to be Cooper Cup, and they already have Robert Woods that can stretch out defenses. So Odell just becomes yet another guy um, for them, and I think that there were some better, uh, better opportunities, better fits for Odell than this team. I can see maybe what uh, drew Odell to this opportunity, though. He may be thinking the Rams are... Um, uh, you know, a safe bet in maybe his mind to make a Super Bowl. Um, but 
if if I was in his shoes, I think I would have tried to stay out of the um, the NFC West, Daryl. Um, and and on this team, is he's trying to get himself back on track as number one receiver? I think he's going to have a hard time doing that with Cooper Cup on the team. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, look how Antonio Brown's thrived in Tampa, though. I mean, they have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They have three number ones, and they make it work. Well, um, I'm not sure I'd call Chris Godwin a, a number one. Well, Chris, okay, Chris Godwin, then at the very least, is a high-level number two. How about that? Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Or, or maybe a low-level one, whatever you want to call it. High, high two, low one. By the time Antonio Brown got, got to Tampa Bay, though, I mean, he'd already had a storied career with the Steelers. I think Odell has more to prove at this point in time, and he's a little bit younger than AB. Um, and I think he still wants to be that number one option. I think, though, this move, Daryl, I think it's um, a lot of it's looking past football. I think Odell probably has some aspirations um, to continue to live in L.A., continue to conduct business in L.A. We know he's a pretty big uh, celebrity already. Um, and I, you know, I know there were some rumors about him maybe signing with the Green Bay Packers, but I was like, ah, oh, that's not going to be a good fit for Odell. Uh, he's just too big of a personality, I think, to um, really have much success up in Green Bay. I think he's going to be a lot happier off the field in Los Angeles. Um, I thought it would have been really interesting, though, if um, actually the other Los Angeles team had been the team to pick him up. Um, and, you know, now um, we give Justin Herbert uh, this number one option and uh, in, in, in maybe watch him grow with Odell. I would have been really interested in seeing that possibly unfold or even getting Odell Beckham Jr. possibly to Las Vegas to work with Derek Carr and the Raiders. And I don't think Odell completely wants to be a one. I don't know if that's completely the issue, Ben. I just think he wants there to be situations where Baker Mayfield's not just refusing to throw to him when he's open. Because, like, you can be a number two and still be heavily involved in the offense. Well, he's, he's, his entire uh, situation obviously now changes, Daryl. Um, when he started his career, you know, he, he had Eli Manning throwing to him. Eli, very established quarterback. Um, Baker, obviously, was, was a rookie uh, and, and still is a young quarterback. And now he's going back to um, a guy that's at least been around for a while in Matthew Stafford. And in a lot of ways, Daryl, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford's career and Odell Beckham Jr.'s career are very similar um, in the sense they're both, you know, kind of considered to be studs out of college. And both of them so far in their NFL careers have fallen short of the expectations. Um, so I think it could be interesting to watch them as, as a combo uh, because I think they both have so much to prove and they both have a chip on their shoulder. So Cam Newton is coming back to Carolina. Thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's silly. Oh, Ben, why? Well, it's it's silly, Daryl, because this is the team that got rid of Cam Newton and that kind of disrespected him. I don't know why he'd want to go back to Carolina. They really didn't want him there uh, once the new owner came, so I don't know why all of a sudden that would be different. Well, Uh, Ben... Cam has had problems with COVID. Um, I was not. There's no point last year where I was impressed with the way he was playing with the Patriots. Um, I, I just think like almost any other team would be a better fit for him. I mean, 
when you're when you're looking at this, I mean, why wouldn't he go to the like the New Orleans Saints or something like that? I mean, I think that'd be much more interesting. Because Ben, he loves Carolina. He loves North Carolina. He loves the Panthers. But they don't love him, Daryl. Well, well, Ben, they called, so they obviously was thinking about him. <laughs> I just don't know what they're doing, Daryl. I mean. Ben, we all know the hallmark of a great relationship is getting back together with your ex. We all know that. <laughs> you're you're going to live long enough to figure out that's that's false. Um, <laughs> I don't have time on the podcast tonight to try to convince you about that. Ben. Um, <laughs> in, in, as far as this goes, Carolina needs needs a long term solution at quarterback, Daryl. That that's why they got rid of Teddy Bridgewater. That's why they brought Sam Donald in. I say let Sam play. Let him play for a while more. You know, if it's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. If he can't play, let the backup quarterback play. He can't play. Try to figure out what you have in in in, in Carolina with with these quarterbacks. Cam Newton is not getting any younger. He's already kind of old and kind of beat up a couple years ago. He's not going to be a, probably an NFL quarterback for another five years. So, like, let's just call it how it is and move on from here. Start working on getting the next guy into this position. Ben, Sam Donald is... I Sam Donald might be the worst quarterback in the NFL, Ben. Like, he's bad. I, I'm not saying that he's necessarily that much better than Cam Newton, all right? But what I am saying, Daryl, is this. Like, Ben, I can name you, like, eight backups who I think are better than Sam. Like, Sam Donald might not even be a top 40 quarterback in the NFL. Well, and I, I, could, I, could, I can name one one backup that's for sure better than him. Who? I'm my guy, Tyler Huntley. He's not, I'll let me put it this way. He's not better than Mitch Trubisky. I'll say this right now. He's not better than Mitch Trubisky. He's not. Yeah, I would probably agree with that too. He's not. He's not. He's not. I, I don't know. Have, have I seen anything to say he's better than Trey Lance? Trey Lance is a backup. Have I seen anything to say he's better than Cooper Rush? Like, no. Like, I mean, uh, Mike White. Even Mike White. He's hmm? relatively young, though. Still, I mean, it's not like Sam Donald is an older, you know, quarterback, I and mean, he can still improve. Nathan you know? Peterman's young too. You know, when 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 um, when Josh Allen came out, I mean, you know, you didn't play that great either at first. I know Josh and Sam are in a similar class, but um, you know, Josh Allen went to a good franchise and Sam <laughs> didn't, so uh, that makes a big difference. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I would agree with you, but now we're like four or five years in. They're supposed to be veterans now. I mean, this is. The, the play that I've seen from Sharon Donald the last three to four games have been horrific. Like, I, I they've, it's been horrific, man. Like, it's been bad. But why bother bringing Cam Newton in if you know the guy's not the answer long term? Because I think right now Matt Rule really wants to make a playoff push, and I think he believes that Cam gives them a better chance to do that. Well, let's just call it how we see it. They're not making a playoff push. And I also want to say this. The seventh seed from the NFC is going to have a losing record, in my opinion. Yeah, that that could be. I mean, I you know I don't know. I mean, I'm just not I'm just not seeing them in the playoffs. I think the NFC West is going to send at least two, maybe three teams. Why? But I think whoever wins the the way it's looking right now, the the that third, that that seventh wildcard team is probably going to have a losing record, even if it does come from the West. 
because the way it's looking right now for everybody. So I think he's thinking, okay, we at least have a guy. They, at least they can do some things running the football with Cam. Cam wasn't great throwing the football in New England that year, but he was still one of the best rushing quarterbacks. He had like 12 rushing touchdowns. So I mean, like, at least they're thinking like, okay, at least maybe we won't throw it. We'll, we'll just throw it 10 times a game. We'll run Cam 15 times a game. We'll run the ball and at least change up our offense a little bit because right now Sam Donald can't do anything. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I do not think it's a good move for, for Carolina. I would have looked at other options, honestly. Note this. I, I would have maybe maybe tried to make a, a deal for Mitchell Trubisky or uh, John Warford or, you know, Tyler Huntley or a guy like that. And, and for all, you know, and for all Mitch Trubisky's fault, he, he's had a way better career than that Sam, Sam Darnold. So I don't understand why Sam Darnold got a chance to start at Carolina, but Mitch Trubisky didn't. But that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, that's politics. That's typical NFL politics for you. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to take a quick break and cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Me and Ben are going to do our NFL Week 10 predictions. Kind of next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast. And now it's time for Week 10 NFL predictions. Now, first, Ben, do you want to guess what our record is all the way up till now? Uh, I think you're probably about four or five games up on me. Oh, so you've been counting, Ben. Have you been counting? I- Oh yeah, Ben. This week was not good for me. This was a that was a catch up week for you. You're about I think you're like seventy four wins. I'm at like seventy nine. So that's like five. So you you did make up quite a bit of a chunk. But hopefully I can extend that. So let's start with this. Bills at Jets. Ben, tell me what I want to hear. Daryl, Buffalo is going to get this back on track. I know it's embarrassing last weekend for these guys. Uh, there's no way they're going, to, they're going to lose again this weekend to the Jets. I'll say Buffalo 31, New York Jets 17. Buffalo wins comfortably. So next... I'm going to say, huh, I'll, I'll go Bills 23 to the Jets 10. Uh, obviously, the Jaguars game disappointed me highly, Ben, uh, but I think we're going to get things back on track a little bit. The offense has some concerning things going on, but I think the defense is going to show up and show out against Mike White. So I'll say 23 to 10, Bills. Next, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team. Ben, who you got? I got Tampa Bay in this one, Daryl. Washington football team can't keep up with Tampa Bay on offense. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think, uh, but I will go Tampa Bay here 
27, Washington 21. We saw Washington play these guys tough in the playoffs last year. I think this is going to be a similar kind of situation. But I will not bet against Tom Brady in a game like this. I'm going to go with Tampa as well, and I'm going to say they win 35 to Washington. I'll say 20, and they get a 15-point spread win out of this. I don't think. I think the Washington defense has been disappointing all year. Tampa Tampa Bay's offense is just too good. I think they're going to score a lot of points. So next, uh, the other games, Atlanta. Atlanta at Dallas. So, Ben, who you got there? Well, um, speaking of teams that are going to get back on track, Daryl, the Cowboys have to get back on track, and I think the Cowboys uh, will get the job done against Atlanta. Um, I don't think this year it's going to take an epic comeback by the Dallas Cowboys to win. I think they're going to handle the Falcons from start to finish. Uh, Dallas 31, Atlanta 24. You know, this is going to be a really close game. I'm going to go Dallas 27, Atlanta 20. And I'll say in overtime, this game goes to overtime. How how, how surprised were you what Denver did to Dallas? I was pretty shocked by that, to be honest with you. I mean, it was like Dallas didn't even show up for that game. I mean, they should be embarrassed with how they played. And Ben, were you disappointed too? Because I know you put a lot of faith in Dallas and your, being your number one team in the Karen Power Rankings. So did you feel like it was kind of like you have a kid and the and the kid you, you give the kid some free time they sneak out the house like they didn't reward you? I felt exactly like that. Matter of fact, so yeah, they they were a disappointment last weekend. But look, Daryl Mike McCarthy's too good of a coach to uh, let this happen two weeks in a row. He'll he'll have Dallas ready to play this week. New Orleans at Tennessee. I will go with the Titans here, but I think this is going to be one of the games of the week, Daryl. Tennessee Titans, 29. New Orleans Saints, 28. I'm going to go with, you know what, screw it. I'll go with the Saints. I'll say they went 20 to the Titans, 17. The The Titans have been like on a, what, four or five game winning streak. I think it's time for that to end. Uh, the offense has not been very good. The offense was not good against the Rams. A lot of people don't realize that because the Titans' defense dominated that game. They got essentially two pick sixes on Matthew Stafford during that game to get a lot of short field position. I think the Saints, with their really good defense, they make the Titans drive the length of the field, and they get a win. Next, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. Ben, who you got? I'm going to go with the Colts here, Daryl. I think the Colts just have better personnel than the Jaguars right now. Jacksonville obviously coming uh, down from an emotional win last weekend. Uh, big win for that that team. By the way, Daryl, you called Urban Meyer a fraud. Urban is a real McCoy when it comes to coaching football. It might be a fraud when we're talking about him teaching those character classes. But between those lines, in the gridiron, he's one of the best guys to coach. Um, in college but, football. I think think he's going to be in Canton when it's all said and done, Daryl. I'll just go out and say it. But until he gets uh, better personnel around him, I think that it's going to be a problem for him. Uh, And I'll go with the Colts here to win this game. I think it's going to be low scoring. Colts 17, Jaguars 14. Well, well, Ben, it's pretty easy to get into Canton these days. Mike White's game ball's in Canton. 
but so I'm gonna go with the Colts. So they went 31 to seven. They get a blowout. Next we have the Detroit Lions at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Daryl. Um, I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh here. Uh, Pittsburgh's been looking pretty good lately. Um, I I think Detroit is still better than people give them credit for. I think they're better than 0 and 8, even though that's their record. But I just I like Pittsburgh here, Daryl. I think. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense with Najee Harris is going to make a couple more plays than the Detroit Lions. Um, it's going to be closer than people think. I'm going to go with the Steelers 24, the Lions 21. Now, and I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'll say the Steelers went 23 to 14. It's going to be a tough day defensively uh, for uh, with the Steelers. Their tough defense is going to be a tough day for Jared Goff and the Lions offense. I think, so I'm going to go with the Steelers. Next, we have the Cleveland Browns at the New England Patriots. Ben, is this a game for the fans? Yeah, Daryl, I think this is going to be a pretty good game uh, we've got going on here. I am going to go with uh, with Cleveland to win this one on the road. I think Cleveland is just going to out-physical the Patriots. Um, Bill Belichick... Uh, Maybe at his wit's end here because I don't think he's really got to stop Baker Mayfield <laughs> necessarily. Uh, Baker may stop himself, but that running game is going to be uh, the real deal. And I think the Browns edge out the Patriots here 30-24. I'm going to go with the Patriots 23-20. to What does Bill Belichick always do? He takes away what you're best at, the Cleveland Browns. They are best at running the football. I think he's going to pit eight, nine men in the box if he has to. He's going to make Baker make these one-on-one throws. I think they're going to be able to get some pressure on Baker, confuse Baker a little bit. And we all know Foxborough, Massachusetts, this time of year is not an easy place to play, Ben. It's just not. So I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. Next, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the L.A. Chargers. Ben, who you got? I'm going to go with Minnesota, Daryl. I think they're going to upset the Chargers on the road. Minnesota's been in a lot of close games. I think this is going to be another one for them. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to have his best game of the season this weekend. I will say Minnesota wins this game 35 to the Chargers 31. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'll say they won 24 to the Vikings 21. And this will be a good game, but I think Justin Herbert and Co. are going to come out in the end. Next we have the Carolina Panthers at... The Arizona Cardinals. Now, Daryl, the Panthers aren't ready for these guys. Arizona is going to win this game. They're going to win big. Um, I like Arizona here, 30 to the Panthers. I'm going to give the Panthers 7. You don't think Cam can go Superman and help him? I'm just not seeing it, Daryl, and I just don't think the Panthers have the ammunition right now. I think they're too short-staffed to keep up with the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the. Do you think? Well, let me ask you this: Does it matter if Colt McCoy starts? I don't think it does. I mean, I, I think I think the 49ers are better than the Panthers. So we saw what they did to the 49ers last weekend on the road. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I'm gonna go with the 40. Uh, excuse me, not the 49ers. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I'll say if Colt McCoy plays, this is a seven point 
win. If Kyler Murray plays, then this is a 10-point win. Uh, next, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Denver Broncos. I'm going to go with Denver here. Mile high, another tough place to play this time of the year. It gets cold. Um, I just like what Denver's doing. I like what I saw last weekend. I think they're going to keep it going against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have been a little bit of a hit-and-miss kind of team this year. Um, I'm going to say Broncos 16, Eagles 13. You know, this would be typical Broncos to lose this game, wouldn't it, Ben? You can't have too much faith in Denver, but I just can't see them losing this one this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna. I agree with you. I'm gonna go Denver twenty-four to nineteen, but don't be surprised if they break both of our hearts. Next, we have, and I'll also say this about Denver, by the way, too. Uh, what they did against Dallas, they could be coming off a little bit of an emotional high and not necessarily ready to play in the same way. Philadelphia's coming off kind of a heartbreaker against the Chargers, uh, where maybe they realize they got to get it together a little bit more. I think maybe that could have something to do with that. But uh, neither here nor there, I digress. Next, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. Is this a game for the fans, first of all, Ben? Um, I don't think it's necessarily a game for the fans. I think it's a little bit overhyped. Um, Look, Daryl, I'm the Seahawks guy, but I'm going to pick the Packers in this one. Um, I, I just think the Packers match up really well against the Seahawks right now. Seahawks secondary, not that great. Green Bay is going to be throwing the ball all around. Um, I'm going to say Packers 30, Seahawks 20. Can Aaron play? Aaron can play this game, right? Aaron can play this game, and I'm expecting him to play. Russell's playing too, correct? Yes. Now, I think with Aaron is, he has to get cleared on Saturday. And if there's like any setbacks or whatever, then he's not going to play. If Aaron doesn't play and we have to see Jordan Love again, would that change your thoughts? Yeah, I think Seattle's winning the game if, if Aaron doesn't start. Oh, so so you're out on Jordan Love. Yeah, I don't I, I'm. I'm not enamored by him. I think Seattle wins pretty easy if he if if Jordan Love plays. Are you willing to give Jordan Love a chance, Ben? Or have you seen all yeah, you I'm need willing, to see? I'm willing to give him a chance, but I just you know I mean versus a guy like Russell Wilson, I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit of a mismatch. So okay, this is so there's levels. So this is what Ben's saying. He's not quite not ready for that. Uh, I I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Packers. I'll say they win thirty to the Seattle's 23. Next, for Sunday Night Football, NBC, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, the Kansas City Chiefs go to the Las Vegas Raiders to face Derek Carr and crew. It's been an emotional year for the Raiders. Can they get it done, Ben? I don't think so, Daryl. I mean, it's a weird game, though. Um, Raiders... Obviously, emotionally drained, a couple big things happening in their organization. Uh, they've lost a lot of talent on that team. When you total up um, skilled position players and coaching staff. Um, and Chiefs, we know they've looked dysfunctional too at times. Uh, but I think, I think Kansas City is trending in the right direction from here on out. I think they figure out how to get right. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes needs to throw the ball a ton of times in order for them to win this game. 
Uh, I think that Andy Reid may scale down what he's asking Mahomes to do just a little bit, um, and I think that will help the Chiefs to win 24-20 over the Raiders. Now, Ben, I want to say this as bad as you said Jordan Love was. The Chiefs almost lost that Packers team. I just do want to put that out there. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm going to say they win 30-28 to 28 and get an upset when next we have Monday Night Football, ESPN, 8.15 p.m., the L.A. Chargers at the San Francisco 49ers in NFC West Showdown for two teams we all know Ben Karen loves to hate. Wait, Ben, Bosa, by the way, who do you, who are you less sold on, Matthew Stafford or Kyle Shanahan? Well, I think right now it's got to be Matthew Stafford. I mean, Shanahan has at least shown me some signs of, of being competent, you know, as far as uh, his postseason performances go and stuff like that. I know he's choked up a couple times in the Super Bowl, but, um, you know, Matthew Stafford is not even familiar with the Super Bowl. He's somewhere on vacation every year by the time that happens. Uh, so uh, that is my answer. But even with that being said, Daryl, I will pick the Los Angeles Rams to win on Monday Night Football because I just don't think the 49ers are very good this year. And I'll pick the Rams, I'll say 34-14 to 14 over the 49ers. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'll say they win 27 to the Niners, 21. I think this is going to be a close. I think this is going to be a really good game. But I'm going to go with this, uh, the LA Rams to take this home. And that's it for our Week 10 NFL predictions. Now, cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to talk a little college football. Cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports Office, love Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Gobbler podcast. So, Ben, <clears throat> we got a few things we need to discuss right here. So, potentially, TCU could be looking at Deion Sanders and Kellen Moore for the TCU head coaching job. How would you like it if either of those two men or the head coaches were the next guy for TCU? <clears throat> Who would you rather see? Right now, I'd say I'd I'd rather see Deion Sanders, I think, as the coach. So, could Deion walk through your door, Ben? I think he could, man. So, if you're choosing between Deion and Kellen, for who gets the right for five-star QB, Granger Karen services, 
How do you figure that out? Oh, man. I, <laughs> you know, I might, go, I might go with Kellen in that situation just because I know, you know, how good he is at working on the offensive side of the football. Um, but when, when it comes to Deion Sanders, I think he has a better understanding of the overall game. You know, and, and he's one of the greatest players to ever do it. Uh, so it, <laughs> that becomes very complicated. So I also want to ask you this. So Jim Moore is going to coach at Connecticut. Can he get Connecticut to a 10-win season in the next three years? I don't think so, Daryl. I think it's going to be a real job trying to get Connecticut competitive. Um, simply because when you're when you're up in the Northeast, winter is several months long, and that's time that people aren't out playing football. And I'm not sure how much luck they're going to have going down south to draft players when you're Connecticut. Kind of a tough sell. Hey, come up here where there's less sunlight every day and, and snow for six months out of the year. But, I mean, like, Ohio State gets guys. Ohio State's, it's... Ohio State is a perennial football powerhouse, though, Daryl, in the middle of the country in the Midwest. Okay, no, I mean, in terms of weather, though, it's not great weather. I mean, I know it's not well, great weather. But they, they're, they're, they're a humongous school in the Midwest, a lot of football players in the Midwest, and, um, you know, it, it has an excellent pedigree. When you think of UConn, people think about basketball. So, you th- so I think it sounds like what you're saying is the bigger issue is there's not a lot of talent for them to get. Correct. I mean, there's always talent, but I, I just, you know, it's I not enough. Are going to select other schools ahead of UConn. <clears throat> so, by three years, what do you think a realistic expectation for Jim Moore would be in terms of wins? Uh, two games above five hundred every year. Oh God, Ben, that's so disappointing. Well, I mean, you know, hey, man, I mean, it's going to take time. You know what I mean, like. You know, Cincinnati was a disappointment for a long time, too, and now ranked number five in the country. Do you think Jim Moore to get them to that point? Eventually, I think the potential there exists. I think, I'm not sure he's going to reach that level, but I think he could get them to a level similar to, like, a Boston college. Can he ever get them to where they're in the playoffs? Can he get them to the playoffs? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> not unless the playoffs expand. So since so so Connecticut will never be a playoff team is what you're saying. Correct. So, actually, since you mentioned the playoffs, I do want to ask you this. So, Ben, you know me, and I we agree on this. Actually, neither of us are a fan of playoff expansion, right? Correct. I, I think it just makes um, each game each week less meaningful when you have more playoffs or more more playoff spots available. Here's the one thing, and I was thinking about this, and I heard Colin Cowherd talk about this. And I still agree with you. I'm not a fan of expansion still, but what you can do is this. If there is expansion, you get better games. You're going to get, let's say, an Oregon versus Michigan State in the first round. You're going to get these kind of super non-conference matchups that we never get to see early on. You're going to get a lot of these because now a lot of these matchups, what matchups, what happened in the bowl season, 
but we know bowls are increasingly becoming less valuable, and these players won't even play in the bowl games. If you give them illusion that they can play in the college football playoffs, that they have a chance, these guys are going to go. They're going to play. So I think it helps in that regard. What do you think? Well, I think, I think there's certainly some pros about expanding it out, but I just don't think for me the pros that you're mentioning outweigh all the negatives. Because once you start talking about Cowherd's idea, which is like 14 teams in the playoffs or something crazy like that, um, that that's going to make all the regular season games basically irrelevant. I guess what you could do is you could give them buys on campus and get the four the top four seeds buys. Yeah, I know I know what he's talking about. I just I still don't think it's a good idea. You know, I mean four is enough. Four's perfect, I think. You so, know, nobody nobody <coughs> wants nobody wants to see Oregon destroy Cincinnati, Daryl. Nobody wants to see that. Oregon wouldn't destroy Cincinnati. They lost to Stanford, man. <laughs> they will probably destroy Cincinnati. But they didn't destroy Stanford. They have one bad game. I mean, you know, Cincinnati won by only seven points against Navy. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And Oregon was struggling against a Washington team that lost to a not even a group of five school. They lost they like the. Ben, you know they were struggling to do most of that game, Ben. <laughs> You know they were struggling for most of that game. Yeah, man. All the listeners out there can be on notice. Daryl's an Oregon Ducks hater. Ben, I'm not an Oregon Ducks hater. I actually I love Oregon. I'm probably the biggest Oregon supporter on this show. I'm the biggest Oregon supporter in the Ben Karen Sports Wobbler group chat and in, in the Facebook group. I think you would even agree with that. That's interesting because you're always complaining when I put them ahead of teams like Ohio State in the rankings, even though I beat them head to head. That's because I'm I'm a fan of Ohio State too. I, I can't like multiple teams, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like multiple teams. Look, man, going back to the major point here before we got off topic. When when you look at it, the, these games that everybody thinks are going to be so good, a lot of them aren't going to be that great. We're going to have a lot of games like when. LSU beat Oklahoma, or when Alabama destroyed Washington, or, or they also destroyed Michigan State. Darrell, I mean, not not worth it, man. Not worth it. I don't I don't think an expanded playoff is for the fans. So you don't think more? I mean, there's going to be more blowouts, blowouts, but there's going to be more closer games too. You don't think the good games in the first round would make the blowouts that are going to happen in the quarters and the semis worth it? No, yeah, exactly. And nobody nobody wants to see some team in there that we all know has no chance of making it, you know, winning the championship. That's fair. So now with that, now that we got Ben warmed up, I'm going to give Ben the top 25 for the college football playoffs. So number one, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. Three, Oregon. Four, Ohio State. Five, Cincinnati. Six, Michigan, 7, Michigan State, 8, Oklahoma, 9, Notre Dame, 10, Oklahoma State, 11, Texas A&M, 12, Wake Forest, 13, Baylor, 14, BYU, 15, Ole Miss, 16, NC State, 17, Auburn, 18, Wisconsin, 19, Purdue, 20, Iowa, 21, Pittsburgh, 
22 San Diego State, 23 UTSA, 24 Utah, and 25 Arkansas. When I give that list out, Ben, what stands out to you? Well, a couple things. I mean, for the most part, I agree with I agree with it, which is good. I think Oklahoma's been disrespected a little bit. They haven't beaten um, you know, anybody. I, I would have them in the sixth spot right now. Um, and I think when it's all said and done, they may be in the playoffs if they can win out. I, I can see a, a world where they leapfrog over um, Cincinnati. And Oregon. Well, I'm thinking probably actually the loser of the SEC West, if it happens to be Alabama, would be, you know, a possibility. Or, or I guess, Oregon if they lose, you know. So it it just kind of depends on a few things. But um, that's one thing that jumps out to me. I think Arkansas should be ranked higher. UTSA doesn't need to be on this list. They're not one of the top 20. Uh, ben, they're 9-0. and Daryl, if they played Arkansas tomorrow, Arkansas would kill them. Ben, you keep saying that, but we've seen that like examples of this not holding water. Ben, Arkansas is a mediocre SEC team. Are they mediocre though? I don't think they're that mediocre. That's because they I punched mean, your they team in the mouth. Built by Georgia, but I mean, you know, basically any team in college football probably would. I, I, I could give you like six teams that wouldn't get killed by Georgia. I'm not even sure six exist. But. Ben, Clemson almost beat Georgia in the beginning of the year, but Clemson's awful. I'm just, I just, I'm just gonna put that out there. Nobody wants to mention that that ten to three did happen against the awful ACC Clemson. People forget that. Did that not happen, Ben? The defense played well. I mean, there's other defenses that are that can give them challenges, like the Clemson defense. I think if they played Clemson again tomorrow, the uh, the gap would be much wider. Okay, so you're right. It'd be seventeen to three. Yeah, probably. I mean, Georgia still can't score. I don't think Georgia, like. Look, Daryl. I mean, the, the bottom line here is I don't think UTSA is in the top twenty-five. I just don't. I mean, I'm sorry. They're in. The- <laughs> I think LSU would kill them if LSU played them. I think Arizona State would beat them badly if ASU played them. Uh, I think UCLA would beat them. Uh, so it's just there, you know, that, that to me feels a little bit fraudulent. Um, I'd like to see Texas A&M in the top ten. I think they deserve to be. Uh, but I think that's going to be happening soon if they beat Old Miss this weekend. Ben, you are pounding the drum for the Aggies right now. Would you be, now let me ask you this, would you be upset if Notre Dame found a way into the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. Notre Dame deserves to be. Would you be more upset if they found a way to make it into the playoffs this year or when they got it over a one-loss A&M team last year? So that would bother you more. When you lose to Cincinnati, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. Cincinnati's a good team, Ben. Daryl, come on. You can't say they're a bad team. I think we can all agree. Cincinnati, come on, Daryl. Ben, you're giving them respect. Ben, Ben, you respect them. You have them top six in the Karen Power Rankings. 
that the coaches poll, the coaches of America, have them ranked in the top two. The AP poll, the sports writers of America, have them ranked in the top two. The college football playoff committee has them ranked at five. And you even, Ben, you have them ranked six, so you can't say they're not good. You all, we're looking at all these different rankings, and they're all high. Are we sure that they could be UTSA? Well, Ben, I think I think all I think you and the other bodies agree because you have them ranked so high. You think they're better than A and M. You guys all think they're better than A and M. Well, I, I don't think that. Well, well Ben, your the rankings stay different. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tell, I'm just telling you, Ben, folks. If you check the Karen Power rankings, the Ben Karen Power rankings, it's not a lie. Cincinnati's higher than Texas A and M on there. I'm just saying, Ben. Look, Dale, Cincinnati's high in part because they don't play anybody. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's what it really boils down to. I mean, sooner or later, though, they're going to actually have to play a real team, and, and, and they're going to they're gonna lose, man. I mean, I believe that. They already did play a real team. They're going to play another real team. They're going to play an SEC team, and that's not going to go so well. Ben, I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, so you're saying they would lose just like A&M lost. Well, I think, I think that I think the A&M would beat them head-to-head, probably. I think that Auburn would probably beat them head-to-head. And no, Auburn was struggling with Penn State. I think Florida beat them head-to-head. I mean, Florida's been exposed this year, so no. I think I think a lot of these teams would. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. And quite honestly, I mean, they're, Cincinnati's probably going to find themselves in a New Year's Six Bowl against somebody. They're probably going to be. I mean, well, listen. Cincinnati's knocking on the door, Ben. They're at five now. But I keep telling you, they're they're going as long as Oklahoma keeps winning, they're going to leapfrog Cincinnati because all of Oklahoma's hardest opponents are at the end of the season. But okay, we're assuming. Okay, Ohio State just had like a seven point win game against Nebraska. Uh, Oklahoma. Where there was a point where they couldn't score against Kansas. Ben, all these teams aren't winning out. You assume that all these teams are winning out. Well, two out of the three would have to take a loss for Cincinnati to remotely have a chance. I mean, I don't think that's that crazy. Even if Oklahoma has one loss, I still think Oklahoma could go ahead of them. There's no way. Oklahoma's still at A. I mean, Oklahoma needs to get past Michigan first. Or Michigan State. No, they don't. We're talking about Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's not even higher than those programs right now. Yeah, but they're, look who they're going to play. I mean, they're going to play o- Oklahoma State. They're going to play Iowa State. They're going to play Baylor. Yeah, they're probably going to play uh, Oklahoma State again in the championship game. I mean... They're, they have like a month and a, a, the last month here is all ranked opponents, Daryl. If they lose, if they go three and one, it depends how they look. It depends how they look. Because the college football committee, they take in how you look too. I mean, if they get blown out by one of these teams, that's not going to help them. And none of those teams are as good have a, as good of a win as Notre Dame is right now. Oh, I, I think Oklahoma, if they beat Oklahoma State, could have a better win. Personally, I mean, I think Oklahoma State's a better team than Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's not going to finish. But no, right now, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State's not ranked higher. Are they? No, they're not. I mean, they're one rung lower. They're one rung lower. 
you know, I mean, we're looking at this, too. I mean, Notre Dame could lose again, Daryl. We've already seen Stanford knock off work. I mean, I think there's a better chance Notre Dame goes. I mean, Notre Dame's been better than Oklahoma this year. Ben, uh, against the, did you not see what they did against Kansas, Ben? You ignore what happened against Kansas. They won the game. Oh, okay, they won the game. Ben, that's like you're a varsity wrestler. You go to the JV tournament, and you went 5-4 to four against a dude who was 0-10. Hey, there's some good guys at those JV tournaments sometimes. All right, the 0-10 the guy at the JV tournament? The 0-10 kid? Sometimes those guys are hungry. <laughs> you know that's that's just a lie, but then that's what Kansas is. With respect to Kansas, I respect Kansas as a basketball school. Nobody respects them as a football school. You don't even respect them. Do you, Ben? Do you respect Kansas as a football school? No, I really don't. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, Ben. How did you feel about Michigan uh, being ranked ahead of Michigan State? Yeah, that made no sense to me. You know, I, I, I didn't like that. I thought, I thought Sparty should be, be ranked ahead of Michigan why, well, why do you think they'd even have Michigan ahead of Michigan State? To me, that makes no... I mean, I, I just find that silly. You know, I mean, I couldn't even give you a good explanation for it, honestly, except... Um, Michigan State, well, I mean, I guess the only way I could think about this is, um, you know, Michigan State's loss was just worse than Michigan's loss, but you know how I am about those head-to-head matchups. I'm always looking at that to make these decisions. I know, Ben. Ben, you you hold the head-to-head. We have to have a come-to-Jesus moment about the head-to-head. I think you value head-to-head too much. No, no way, man. That is the number one way of figuring out which team is better. But Ben, it, there. See, here's my issue with head to head. Head to head is isolated. That just means you are the better. Like that just means you are better. Like it's not like head to head. Like it's a seven game series. Anything can happen in one game and in one interaction. Like there can be a lot of factors that influence it. I think you should look at the whole body of work. Like, I think what you do the other 10 games matters more than what happened that one game. No, no, not to me. But why? Because, I mean, you're, there's, there, there should be no excuse. I mean, it is what it is. Either you got the job done or you didn't when it came to the head-to-head matchup. But I mean, but that doesn't mean you were the better team. Because you can beat teams. You cannot go around puffing out your chest telling everybody you're the best team or you're the better team when you lost to this other team head-to-head. That makes no sense. Okay, but Ben, that's like when you say, like, Georgia and Clemson. Like, Clemson could have beat Georgia if if, 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 if uh, JT Daniels has a pick six, has, like, let's say he threw two pick sixes that game. Clemson could have beat Georgia. We all know that Clemson's not better than Georgia. Like, I think what you do to other teams should matter, too. Like, if you're blowing out all these other teams, and you had one bad game, that they, that should matter. While the other team, like, I, I think, like, head-to-head can be, like, a good initial determiner, but then after that, I think it should matter what you guys each do against other teams. Because else, then there's no other reason to play the rest of the games on the schedule. Like, you have to prove yourself every week. Right, by continuing to win and hoping the other teams fall to Say that again? 
Well, like, I mean, you know, like, look at Oregon and Ohio State. Both of those teams still have to have to play the rest of the games. But I guess, here's what I differ. Like, Ohio State, if Ohio State beats, they're going to have the the sixth-ranked team in the country and the seventh-ranked team in the country and a top-20-team-ranked team in the country. Oregon's going to face rankless teams the rest of the way. Like, if they beat those three teams, that's a better resume. It is, but, I mean, you can't ignore the fact they lost head-to-head. So, so then... They lost at their building to them. But I agree, but that's... what. But I'm saying every... But I'm saying, so 12 of the 13 games, they were better. But just because they weren't better than one game, you're going to put them over them. To me, that makes no sense. Else, what's the point of playing the rest of the games? What's the point of playing the one game that they played then at a conference? But I mean, 13 games should supersede one game. Because it's a, like it's a season. But I guess that's my thing. It's a season. And the game, the game is part of that, you know, you... But then, Ben, then I guess my thing is, then what's the point of, like, all these teams, though? Like, you think Cincinnati ranked should be ranked lower? I mean, like, I, it should matter who else you're beating, I guess. That's what I'm saying. It should matter who else you're Like, Oregon's not beating the, anybody now. They're not beating anybody. They're in the same situation as Cincinnati is. They're not beating anybody. Like, yeah, except they have a better win. They, they went to Ohio State and won. And they're in a Power 5 conference, which, in my opinion, does make a difference. But, I mean, they're in a, I mean, that, the Pac-12 bin is barely a Power 5 conference. They're barely a Power 5. It's probably top to bottom is better than the American. But, Ben, it's, it's top to bottom, nowhere near the Big Ten. Not even close. Right. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about different levels here. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, if you look at Oregon, here's what I think you should do. At the end of the year, let's say they have the same record, and you isolate this. You can say, don't even mention the names of the teams. Oregon beat the fifth-ranked team. It does not matter who the team was. They beat the fifth-ranked team. Ohio State beat the seventh-ranked team, the sixth-ranked team, and the 20th-ranked team. You shouldn't attach names to it. You should look at them individually and say, who did they actually beat? Because it's not like, oh, you beat Ohio State, so you get all Ohio State's wins for the rest of the year. That that's what I'm saying. I think it well, should be I think it should be nameless. I, I you know, I disagree with you. I mean, I think the college football committee also disagrees with you. Well, I mean, well, will they put Michigan? Will they put Michigan out of Michigan State? Yeah, well, I don't know. They do some weird stuff. <laughs> um, anyways, man, why don't we get into this and pick some of these games for this weekend? I'm excited to do this tonight. So, yeah, we're going to get to the games really quickly. So, as I'm getting these games up... Uh, Actually, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get to the games. All right. Despite the fact that he led his high school to four straight state championship game appearances, very few high-major recruiters looked at the six-foot-tall, 180-pounder and said, Quarterback. Throw it on a dime, like I ain't even trying. Just a kid from Briarwoods, I'm wearing number nine. And Coach Franklin down at Vandy. Oh, we're back with Barbara Sports. I've been carrying with us, host the Sports Brother Podcast. So we're going to go through these really quickly for Ben. So NMSU at number two, Alabama. 
Ben, who you got? Well, Daryl, I've got Alabama. Alabama's going to crush these guys. We're looking at 40-0. Ben, I told you I was going to have some crazy picks today. I'm going with NMSU. <laughs> okay, Ben. Ben, April Fools. That was a joke. That was, it was a joke, Ben. It was a joke, everybody. I'm going with Alabama. Also, they went thirty-one to zero. Ben, were you you were really laughing me out the building, Ben? Yeah, man. You do stuff like that, you lose credibility. Well, well, Ben, I I flipped. I'm back with Alabama. Ah, good, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, number six, Michigan at Penn State. Michigan loses, so I'm going to go with Penn State here. I'll say Penn State 31, Michigan 27. I'm going to go with Michigan. I'll say they win 21 to 20. Next, we have number 8, Oklahoma at number 13, Baylor. I'm going to go with Oklahoma here to win this one. I think Oklahoma's going to win 38 to 28 over Baylor. I'm going to go with Baylor 24 to Oklahoma's 14. I think this defense is really going to slow down that Oklahoma offense. Next, we have Mississippi State at number 17, Auburn. Um, I'm going to go with Mississippi State in this one, Darrell. I think Mississippi State upsets Auburn at home. Uh, I'm going to go 28-24, to 24, Mississippi State. I'm going to go with Auburn, and I'll say they win 31-30 to 30 against Mississippi State. Next, we have Northwestern at number 18, Wisconsin. Wisconsin will win this one. I, I think Wisconsin's going to win 27 to 17 over Northwestern. I'm going to go with Wisconsin 20 to 17 over Northwestern. Next, we have Connecticut at Clemson. Um, I'm going to go with Dabo and, and Clemson. I think that they get the job done. I'll say they win 20 to 6. I'm going to go with Clemson. Also, they win 17. To zero. Next, we have UCF at SMU. Um, I'm going to go with SMU here to win this one. Um, I see SMU 30, UCF 26. I'm going to go with SMU 21 to UCF's 20. Next, we have number 24 ranked Utah at Arizona. Uh, Utah's going to win this one. I think they win pretty easily. I'll say Utah 44, Arizona 28. I'm going to go Utah 23 to Arizona's 3. Next, we're going to have number 1 Georgia at Tennessee. 26-0 Georgia. I'm going to go Georgia, and I'll say they win. 20 to 13. I think this is going to be pretty close, actually. I'm actually starting to have a little bit of faith in Hypel in terms of being an offensive mind. I think Tennessee's actually done a fairly good job this year in terms of what they've done with a lot of. Uh, All things considered, I would probably agree with you, but they're not going to look good this weekend versus the number one team in the country. Do you, how could how much do you think Georgia separated themselves? By the way, Ben. I think they separated themselves significantly here in this last month. I mean, I think Alabama and maybe Ohio State 
Oregon only teams that, that are going to really compete with them. Next, we have number 19, Purdue, at number four, Ohio State. Um, I think Ohio State ekes this one out. I think it's going to be like 35 to 32. Um, you know what? I'm an agent of chaos, so I'm going to go with Purdue. And I'll say they went 27 to Ohio State's 23. Next, we're going to have Minnesota at number 20, Iowa. I think Iowa handles their business here, 23 to 17 over Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota, 23 to 20. Next, we have USM at number 23, UTSA. I will go with UTSA, even though I was railing on them earlier. I think they'll beat Southern Miss in this one. Um, I'll go 27 to 14. I'll go UTSA as well, and I'll say they won. 27 to 20. Next, we have Duke at Virginia Tech. I like Virginia Tech in this one. I'll say Virginia Tech 27, Duke 20. I like Virginia Tech as well. I'll say Virginia Tech 24 to Duke 17. Next, we have number 11, Texas A&M at number 15, Ole Miss. Personally, Ben, I'm going with Ole Miss. Matt Carell for the win. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with... um... Zach Calzada to figure out some way to get the job done. I like the way Texas A&M is playing defense right now. A&M is going to keep it low scoring, keep the ball um, for a lot of the game. I'm, I'm liking Texas A&M here, 24 to Old Misses, 17. I'm gonna next. We have number nine Notre Dame at UVA. I'm gonna go with UVA here, Daryl. Um, I think UVA is going to win 30 to Notre Dame 16. I'm going to go Notre Dame 31 to UVA's 20. Ben, you know, since you keep picking these teams to beat Notre Dame, they keep winning, you would think that this means you believe in Notre Dame. Yeah, not so much here, Daryl. I mean, Notre Dame's uh, only a five-point favorite in this one, so going to be pretty close. Now next we have number 16, NC State at number 12, Wake Forest. I'll go with NC State here. I think they're a little bit better than Wake Forest. I'll say NC State 32, Wake Forest 21. I'll go with Wake Forest 40 to NC State's 34. Next we have number 25, Arkansas at LSU. I'll go with Coach O and LSU in this one, Daryl. I think LSU is going to win this one 40-35. I'll go with Arkansas 35-LSU's to LSU's 34. Next, we have Kansas at Texas. I'll go with Texas here. Um, I don't think this is going to be a particularly close game. I think Texas wins 34-10. I mean, Ben, we saw what Kansas did to Oklahoma. Well, they lost, and that's why I'm predicting they're going to do in Texas. Well, I think Texas isn't as good as Oklahoma, so I'm going to go with bang and upset. 30-31, to 31, Kansas beats Texas. Next week. Oh, that would be bad for Sarkeesian. You think it will be a rough day with the boosters if this happens? <laughs> I think you might not want to pick up the phone for a while. Oh. 
Next, we have TCU at number 10, Oklahoma State. Um, I like Oklahoma State in this situation. I think Oklahoma State's going to win this one 28 to TCU's 24. I'm going to go Oklahoma State 23 to TCU's 14. Next, we have Colorado at UCLA. Uh, UCLA here. Um, I'm thinking UCLA 33, Colorado 18. I'm going Colorado 40 to UCLA 17. I think this is going to be a blowout. Uh, I think Chip Kelly's starting to get exposed. Uh, next, we have Washington State University at number three, Oregon. Ben, who you got? I'll go with Oregon here, Daryl. I think they're going to uh, impress you in this game. I think Oregon wins 35 to 24. I think Oregon's going to win and not impress me. I think it's going to be 21 to 14, though. Next, we have Nevada at number 22, San Diego State. I'll go with Nevada here. I think they're going to pull the upset. Um, I'll say Nevada 27, San Diego State 26. I agree with you. I'm going to say Nevada 34 to San Diego State's 28. And that's all we have for our college football predictions. Ben, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Anytime, Daryl. Thanks for having me on. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squadron Podcast, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 355th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk!